0: Welcome to another episode of the Floro podcast. This is your host, Edgar Otraves. So, in this particular episode, we have my good friend Martin coming on, and he's going to be doing his five favorite scariest knockouts. Now, as we explain the podcast, this is not the end all, be all, scariest knocks, knockouts in boxing ever. I'm sure there's other lists, and other people have other opinions. So, please be nice internet all right um but these this this is great because i really enjoy listening to martin talk about boxing he is he is an encycle he's a living encyclopedia of boxing i've I, i've never met anybody who knows so much about boxing uh as much as he does so i hope you guys really enjoy the podcast i really did if you guys want to support the the podcast head on over to shop dot the podcast com again that's shop now here's the show okay so um, welcome to another episode of the floral podcast uh, I am Edgar otra vez and I'm joined by my good friend and cohort for today it's Martin. And today, um, we're going to do Martin's top five fave knockouts. Now, this by no means, internet, do not get pissed off. This is not the the right. the, the, <laughs> the 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 absolute list. Right. It is Martin's picks, and even as we and me, him and him and I were going through this, like when I was, because I'm going to do my my five next week. But even as I was going through my five, I was like, what about this one? And what about that one? So internet, take it easy, don't hate us. Um, So Martin, if you will, uh, what would you like to get started with?
1: Well, I I could start with with, uh, my, um, I have a couple of honorable mentions. But as you said, just so, so people can know what the criteria was, I just really limited this to to fights that were in my living memory, just to give you what was my visceral reaction at that moment. Most of these fights I either, I either saw live or I saw soon after they occurred. Mm-hmm. So I have a very visceral and emotional reaction to the fights because they happened in my living memory. And then I also just narrowed it down to knockouts where they were it was either one punch or just a series of punches where it left you legitimately concerned for the other fighter's safety, like, whoa that guy or that gal might really, really be hurt. Yeah. So, and as, as you were alluding to, Edgar, there's given the history of boxing, and certainly when you add an MMA, you could probably have a list of hundreds of scary knockouts yeah. and uh, you would still be missing some. So as you said, this is just a very partial list by no, no means meant to be comprehensive. So um, I, I do have a couple of honorable mentions. And the first one that I have is David Tua versus Ruiz. Mm-hmm which was a heavyweight fight in the 90s. And, and Tua was like a, a Samoan uh, Mike Tyson clone,
0: okay. short,
1: stocky guy, uh, heavily, you know, big puncher. And John Ruiz was a bigger Latino heavyweight, decent technique, decent mm-hmm. power, but really nothing special. And you, I think you, I don't know if you had a chance to look at that knockout. I saw all oh, of them. That man. was a big knockout. I mean, poor Ruiz just got... From the very beginning, he got hit, and that was it. it was just a few punches. And there was some scary punches landed in that, that, that combo.
0: That when I saw that fight, I was like, "Holy crap!" Like he, it, it was it was very like brutal, and he, it was fast. It was it was pretty good. It was a amazing knockout. Um, I didn't take any notes uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on that one, but I did take notes on your others. But that, okay, that that one, that one was woo, brutal. And, that was vicious. Yeah, and that guy, and that that uh, Juan Ruiz guy, he's a tall guy. He was a he you know, was a big guy. Yeah, it was yes. that, you know like um and I I was looking at him. He looked white, and I was just like, wait a minute, is this is this really like a
1: Mexican? Because he's really big for Mexican, you know. He may have had one of the worst nicknames of any fighter of all time. Well, he was <laughs> John Ruiz, the Hispanic causing panic. <laughs> so, maybe one of the all time worst boxing nicknames. Uh, uh, so, he kind of had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we mentioned John Ruiz last week because that's who um, Roy Jones Jr. would later beat to gain his heavyweight to claim his stake at the heavyweight title. So so John Ruiz is famous for a couple of losses. Oh, that's um, too bad. That's, that's it, like- it really is, because he was a decent fighter. Not a great uh-huh. fighter, but he was an okay fighter. But um, just to move on, uh, Tua went on to, to, to fight for a heavyweight title against Lennox Lewis. He got outclassed by Lennox Lewis. He just really didn't really belong in the ring with him. And he really never rose above that kind of top 10 contender. He never won a, He never really contended seriously for a title ever again. But that was probably his highlight knockout is that
0: john wow. ruiz knockout wow mm-hmm. that's that it's still it's amazing to be you know in that top 10 at one time whether even if even if you made it to like 11 or 12 i mean we're yeah. talking about yeah. thousands and thousands of fighters yes you know throughout yes, the world yes. and to yeah. make it to that to at least the top 100 is an amazing feat in itself of course uh yeah.
1: but yeah. you know but uh so you got what's what's next on your list I think the other honorable mention I, I want to talk about before we get on to the to the to the five is the Hearns Duran fight, mm. which I knew you and I were discussing a little bit. And just to, to give everybody kind of a lead up to, to that, at this point, Duran had already lost to Sugar Ray in the second fight, the okay. Sugar Ray Leonard. He had won a a, a a share of the super middleweight title. So let's remember Roberto Duran started fighting at lightweight, 135. Okay. He went all the way up to super middle, which is like 168. And he won a title there oh. against Davy Moore. So that kind of revived his, 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 um, his career. Cause it looked like Duran was on, was on the downslide. And then after that, Duran went down the middleweight and he fought marvelous Marvin Hagler, okay. who was one of the greatest middleweights ever to live. And he gave Hagler a hell of a fight. He lost, hmm. but he gave him a hell of a fight. So that was really the impetus to this fight because Hearns was was coming off. He had he had lost the sugar ray as well. But Hearns was a terrifying puncher, as you may remember. He was a long, lanky, yes. wiry guy who could hit like a oh my god, like a ton of bricks. Yeah. So he was so an. What, yeah. what, what what was the weight class at this uh, for for the Hearns? I think, and during- I, here they fought at junior middleweight, so in between welterweight and in between middleweight. So right in between, uh, Tommy Hearns had been the welterweight champion, um, and that's that's the weight that he fought. Sugar Ray Leonard in. That's the way that Duran and Leonard fought in, was mm-hmm. at Welterweight, 147. So at this point, their meet, Hearns is coming. Hearns is still strong. He has one loss on his record to Sugar Ray Leonard, um, but he's still strong. And this, Hearns is looking to, to, to cement a match with Hagler. He wants to fight Hagler badly, who is the middleweight champion, as we said, and is considered at this point one of the pound for pound best fighters in the world and just one of the toughest dudes around. He was legitimately scary. So um, I remember going into this fight. It was that question. Well, nobody can knock out Duran, but Tommy Hearns can knock out anybody, you know. So it was like, there's something's got to give here. We thought, what's going to give? Is it going to be Duran's chin? Is it going to be Hearns' punching power? Well, it turns out it was Duran's chin. You know, it's funny because, like, to
0: see them when I saw them in the fight, they didn't. They look. They both look long, you know. They they look long, but very slender. So I I was wondering what what weight class because you you just mentioned that he went up to uh, that Duran went up to 160. So I was wondering what excuse me, uh, what, what size they were at, because he, or what weight they were at, because they look, they look very slender, both of them, but man, when, when Hearns started landing those punches, man, like, he landed, he landed fast and vicious. Yes. And, 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 and yeah, dude, like, I, I'm gonna have to go back and watch the whole thing for that one,
1: because I was like, wow. You could just watch uh, some highlights of Leonard, I mean, of, of Hearns' knockouts, because mm. it's almost always that straight right hand, Mm-hmm. And that baby was coming straight on a rail, you know, straight as an arrow and hard. And uh, it was almost like a whip. That's kind of how he described it. And Emmanuel Lewis uh-huh. described it, how we could kind of whip it out there and, and kind of whip it back. And just that, that slamming action. And yet such long levers mm-hmm. that he could just generate such incredible power. It, that's um, what it looked
0: like. It's, it, now that you mention it, that's what it looked like. It looked like a crazy whip. It looked so powerful, so fast. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, man. I remember it was yes I remember looking at
1: it and thinking like holy crap yes this is one of those fights that I caught live it was back in the day when they would have uh well we didn't have any money to have a cable tv in our house so we had to go catch it closed circuit so I think I went to like a racetrack somewhere Mm -hmm. and they were showing this fight on 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 a big screen at a racetrack that's cool So that's where we got to see it and it was stunning because you didn't expect it you didn't expect Durant to get knocked out like that because that just never happened. We'd never seen anything like that, so it was stunning. And then this vaulted Hearns into a fight with Hagler, mm-hmm. which was, which is by many people considered it only went three rounds, but it is considered the nine most brutal rounds in boxing history. We could cool. just spend an hour talking about that fight. That first round of Hagler Hearns is legendary because that may be the most vicious round in the history of boxing. Yeah, which that's, that's... they're saying
0: something. That's that's funny that you mentioned that because that is one of the fights that you hear about over and over again. Hagler Hearns, like you got to watch it, you know, like like that's part of boxing history. We we probably yes. could do a list of like must see, like oh yeah, boxing list fights, you know, like. But um, but man, yeah, that that fight with Hearns and Duran was amazing. It, it was yeah. it was just the, the, the I was just like holy shit. So it's interesting that you say that. That Duran was kind of like on the way down in the, during this this particular fight.
1: Yeah, he had begun to bounce back up because he had won a title against a young a younger champion named Davy Moore. Mm-hmm. So he was beginning to bounce back up. Uh, but man, Tommy really really set him back on that. And then, as you may know, both both guys went on to have long careers. They fought many times after that. Other guys, yeah. uh, but this was just an incredible knockout. Yeah. Okay, incredible so what's the a- knockout?
0: What's, what's the next, what's, 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 uh what's the top five now?
1: Okay. Um, I will start with, with Mercer uh, knocking out Tommy Morrison. Okay. Um, Cause I do remember this one vividly as well. I don't remember if I saw it live, but I remember I saw it very soon after the fight. And um, as as many people may know, Tommy Morrison w- was a very good fighter. He, he played Tommy Gunn, I believe in the Rocky, one of the Rocky movies. I think it was Rocky and- five. Yeah, and he was actually a, a pretty good fighter. He, he had a, a good amateur pedigree. He had um, good punch, good technique. He was, he was a good fighter. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, Ray Mercer was also one hell of a fighter, one scary-ass fighter, a guy who never really lived up to all of his promise. Um, there's another knockout by Mercer that could easily have made this list as well. Mm-hmm. That I just didn't want to load it up with Mercer, but he's he's a pretty terrifying puncher, Mercer was. Um so at this point, when these guys meet, they're both undefeated. Um, Mercer is 17-0, 13 KOs. Morrison is like 28-0, and 0. like okay. 23 KOs. So both of these guys are young, studs, hard-hitting, and it's an evenly matched fight. But then as you see, as you've seen the knockout, um, it gets pretty vicious. I think it's the sixth or eighth round. Something like um, that. Mercer catches them up along the ropes. And, and a lot of these, you start wondering, where the, where the, where the hell is the referee? Yeah. Because he is caught up pretty helpless on those ropes, and he takes many blows that he probably should not have taken. That one was legitimately scary, because mm-hmm. uh, you start thinking, "Well, Tommy Morrison could have really gotten seriously hurt." And with a fighter, with a puncher like Ray Mercer, I don't know if if you uh, what you thought about that knockout. <laughs> I
0: was I was watching it, and like I I remember this. I remember him he- hearing about him losing after Rocky Five. Because mm-hmm. when he was in Rocky V, Tommy Morrison was was still kind of, you know, a scary fighter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then after after Rocky V, I hear that he lost. And I'm like, well, that's a coincidence. Does the fight, does, like, and I was young, right? So I didn't really, yeah. but I wondered, like, did being in the movie have something to do with the fact that, you know, but I was thinking more like mystically. Like, did he... Yeah. Did he get jinxed now that he- <laughs> He got the Babola curse. <laughs> yeah, he, now that he was in a movie, right? So, yeah, yeah. but then like, um, but yeah, when when I watched the fight, I, I found it interesting because what happened was Morrison, um, they they were going back and forth. They kind of shoved into mm-hmm. each other a little bit and they were fighting inside. And then they, um, uh, Morrison gets, or actually um, Mercer gets kind of pushed into the corner because Morrison is kind of shoving him there. And then mm-hmm. he turns him out, right? He turns and yeah. he puts he puts Morrison in the corner. And as he's leaving, he catches him with an over yes. over, over the shoulder right, right? Yeah. He throws, he throws an overhand right over his shoulder and catches him. What I thought, and this is, I kind of stopped and looked at it. I'm like, wait a minute, was that on the back of the head? And it wasn't. But, you know, uh, Morrison didn't see it coming. And that's yes. that's what started the the knockout like yeah because because Morrison was basically facing the ropes right he was in the corner not facing the corner but facing one side of the ropes looking out to the crowd almost and 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 Mercer caught him with that overhand right and I and I said to myself is that legit like where's the ref right and uh, mm-hmm. but then like I, I watched it a few times just to see like the legitimacy of the knockout right so he he threw He threw that overhand and then he started landing punches and then Morrison was trying to kind of like move out of the way and it was just too much for him. And then, and then finally he just, he got, he was out and that was, that was brutal.
1: Yes, that was definitely brutal. That's certainly one where I think the referee could have stepped in and, and, and avoided him taking some unnecessary punishment because he took some bombs along those ropes and just, and then as you may know, um, Tommy Morrison passed away if, a number of years ago, I believe from HIV related disease. But like Ooh. after this fight, Morrison actually bounced back. He, oh, he bounced did. back, I think he, he won, yeah, he, he won uh, like eight fights in a row. Uh, he And in, amongst those eight fights, he beat George Foreman. Oh, wow. And then, uh, so, but then after that, after really, I think that Foreman victory was his last hurrah. He, he lost, he got knocked out uh, by some guy named Bennett. And then, and, and that's actually what cost him a title fight against Lennox Lewis, who was the top heavyweight at the time. Mm. And he never really recovered. And, and Ray Mercer, he went on to lose to Larry Holmes. Um, yeah. Mercer was was hoping to fight Abander Holyfield at that time, who was another one of the title holders. Ooh. And he needed to get by Holmes to do this. He mm. thought this was going to be a setup fight. Holmes, the old, the old man, ends up outboxing him. Holmes, one of the most underrated heavyweight champions of all time. Certainly one of the top seven heavyweights of all time Uh, so Holmes ends up beating him and and like I said Mercer never really seemed to fulfill that promise that he had and he was always just that that vicious knockout puncher Um, but that was that was a big knockout that that you know that's funny because I hear you know I hear Ray
0: Mercer I mean I I know the name I know who he is Mm -hmm. I've seen a fighter of his too I I uh, it's it's sad to think that that there was more there that he could have done
1: yeah, yeah. I think so. And I think he was a little older, too, because I think he was in the military service. Hmm. I know he was like an Olympic gold medalist. So I think he became a pro fighter a little bit older. So maybe his career didn't have a chance to, to be that long. But that was the sense I always got, that Mercer just didn't quite fulfill what what he should have fulfilled, at least uh, in my estimation. You know, the funny thing,
0: too, is um, I keep thinking whether or not this fight had something to do where uh, a fighter kind of loses their their like the steel on their brain, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the, the mm-hmm. like that fighting spirit, like, because he, he, he was in a movie, he fights this guy, you know, then, you know, you said he came back up a little bit, but then, and and I'm talking about, um, uh, Morrison. Morrison. So like Morrison at one point starts getting really weird because like, I knew about the HIV and I wondered, did he continue fighting
1: with the HIV? They can't let him fight with HIV, right? I, I, th- I think there there's there, there a belief that he did, that he kept it secret. Ooh. Uh, I don't think there's any proof. There's no solid proof, but there's a, I think there's a lot of circumstantial evidence. Um, and, and I think he got into some drug issues, too, because I think he, he got sick and he started hawking some, some shady cure, some Ooh. snake oil.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and, and, and that just poor guy led to his downfall. It's a shame. Yeah. Um, he, he got really
0: weird. And then he got like yeah. peck implants and he, he started looking yeah. like he got like all kinds of, it's just all kinds of weird. And I was like, Oh yeah. man. And, and it made me think, don't touch movies. If you're an athlete, <laughs> don't touch, don't fuck with the movies. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And if, yeah,
1: and if so, you're a box, if you're a boxer, have good people around you We're gonna take care of you, man. Cause yeah. you're going to need them. Yeah. And actually, I believe some of his kids are fighters now. I think Tommy Morrison has one or two, uh, children who are currently heavyweight fighters. I don't know how good they are, but I know that once in a while you'll see their name and they're wow. kind of, you know, living off the legacy. Wow. Yeah, so it continues. It continues. So who's next on your list? Let's see. Next on my list would be, ooh, this is this is a rough one. Uh, the Gotti versus Gamash knockout. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of controversy around this as well. Aside from it being a very brutal knockout, which which I, I know you saw, yeah, just one of the more brutal finishing combinations I've ever seen, and that was one of those times where I'm sure I was the only one. I legitimately thought, oh my god, I think he might have killed him, because <sighs> yeah. of the way he got hit and the way he fell. You're like, oh shit! It or at least, at least he did something very bad to him. It, it was it was very brutal. But what what's the controversy around it? Well, the controversy is. Uh, well, Joey Gamash was a young fighter, undefeated, and, and Gotti had already cemented himself as a good solid professional fighter. Um, but they were supposed to fight at it was a catchweight. They're supposed to fight at 145. Mm-hmm. Um, there were allegations that the scales were tampered with in Gotti's favor. HBO would later say that they're on their unofficial scales. Gamash weighed in at 145 and that Gotti was at 160. Oh, Jesus Christ. So Oh Jesus um, Christ. As and and Joey Gamash never fought again. He suffered permanent brain damage as a result of this fight. So Jeez. he never fought again. And once this stuff came out, there was legal action. He Joey Gamash sued I want to I want to say the Athletic Commission. I want to say the, the Nevada Athletic Commission or perhaps the New Jersey Athletic Commission, yeah, okay, if this took place in Atlantic City, for for their failure to to properly weigh in the fighters. There was some some settlement in that. It was undisclosed. Um, but th- that, aside from it being a very stunning and scary knockout, there's this controversy that, wow, that Gotti was actually Gotti like 15 to 20 pounds heavier than this guy. And obviously when you weigh 146, 15 to 20 pounds is a lot of weight to be giving away. Yeah. I mean, shit, if you weigh 200, giving away 20 pounds is a lot of weight. And, and how long ago um, was this fight? This was 2000. Okay. So, so 20 years ago, yeah. 20 years ago,
0: the people, the, and, and boxing, it's not like wrestling or MMA, the, the, the way they cut weight, they, they, they might cut weight and, and maybe weigh a few more pounds the day of the fight, but it's not yes. like, it's not like MMA where the guys end up weighing 20 pounds more, you know? So like if there was any weight gain, it was already there during this time 20 years ago. Cause the, the knowledge for, for cutting weight was not there. And right. it's, it's, so this is, so he was a legitimate 20 pounds heavier than this kid. Yeah. A good 50. Yeah. A good 15 to 20 pounds heavier.
1: Yeah. On the night of the fight when they step into the ring. And that's a lot to give away. Dude,
0: that's, that's super sad, man. That fucking, that's, that's terrifying. Yeah, and, and you know, that's supposed to be a fair fight, right? You're, right. you're already up against a guy who's more knowledgeable than you, possibly. You know, he's got mm-hmm. a little more experience than you. But to have the scales literally tipped against you. Mm-hmm. It,
1: and then this poor kid lost his career. I mean, needless to say about the brain damage, whatever physical damage. I mean, I put that aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, his career was ended. Yeah. He never got, you know, it's one thing if you would have lost and he would have he been able to go on and have a career and, let it play out the way it would have played out but unfortunately for this kid it didn't happen that way um and yeah i mean we could yeah it's that's another thing we another show we could talk about our famous incidents of 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 where fighters are caught cheating
0: yeah Um, there's been
1: quite a few of those
0: there's some interesting ones
1: too where the people are making casts in their gloves and stuff like that yes 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 and you go back throughout history of boxing where where guys are looking to get the edge on, on the other guy and and they do things that are less than kosher. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, that Gotti Gamash knockout really raised a lot of eyebrows. And then when this other stuff started coming to light, it, it put things in a different light. And then people may know that may know that Gotti went on to to have these wars with uh, with uh, what's his name uh, Ward Mickey Ward. Oh yeah, a yeah. movie Ward. about it that the famous wars. So and then Gotti also died, you know, under suspicious circumstances in Brazil, uh, where they the official. You may know, you may have heard this already. Right? No, the no, official no. story is that he committed suicide, but Gotti's family and friends think it was the the girlfriend Jeez. who did it to get money. So there was a lot of crazy speculation, but Gotti also died. Oh, he died relatively young under suspicious circumstances, so just tragedy all the way around that's that's crazy,
0: and you know it's a crazy life of like some of these people in in the in the limelight, right? I mean, like uh, David Carradine. Not that he was a fighter, but like you know, they found him in a hotel in Thailand, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> with a rope around his neck and his pants down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You
0: know, they, the yeah. suspicion was that you know he got himself a few, you know, you know, lady boys, yeah. they, and they they strung him up. You know, not to make fun of him, but like Jesus Christ, like like uh, when you go to a different country, watch out. <laughs> Yes, definitely watch out. It's not like the U.S. It's not like the U.S. at all. Yeah, so uh, then, so what's what's next on your list?
1: I guess we can do, um, I'll just do the ones I have here, on my, uh, the, uh, the way they're listed here on, on my list. Uh, the Razor Ruddock-Michael Dokes mm. knockout. That was vicious as well. Um, Michael Dokes at the time was the WBA number three heavyweight contender. Uh, and Razor Ruddock was the number two contender from the mm-hmm. WBA. So this was just a natural matchup against two, Good fighters. Dokes was was really known for his fast hands and his good power. And Razor Ruddock was really known as a straight up power puncher. Mm-hmm. He, he Razor Ruddock was from Britain, and at some point nobody in Britain would fight him anymore. So he came over here, uh, and this was a setup up fight that he hoped would launch him to fight Lewis. I mean, to fight Mike Tyson, which he would. So as you as you saw this one, this is another one where poor Michael Dokes get, gets caught gets caught in a corner. Um, the referee takes a lunch break for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and Razor catches him with a punch, and like I said, the referee takes a lunch break and just lets Razor run it go off, and then he throws that one final left hook from hell. Yeah, where like it seemed like he dipped and torqued his whole body. Yes, and he just exploded on this poor man's chin. And and Michael Dokes was never the same fighter after that. That um, that fight, I, I I watched it
0: over and over again because it was so it was so beautiful. It was it was scary as hell but it was beautiful because what he did was he threw out the jab, you know, he, 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 he kind of like pushed him back with the jab, but also kind of made him aware of the jab, right? And then he, he kind of turned his body down to the left side to like make like he was gonna throw a shovel hook, right? So it looked like it was a hook to the body and then instead he came up and straightened it out and almost threw like a jab you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, and, and caught him right, right on the button. And I was like, Jesus, that's, that was beautiful. Like, yeah, yeah. it was, it was clever. It was sneaky. It was well, It was like, like he, he, I don't know if he planned it. Like, you know, probably didn't. He probably didn't sit in the locker room and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do in the you know, third <laughs> round or whatever. But it's still like, it, it the it was a weird punch. He threw that, he curled down, like he was going to throw a shovel hook and he came up, and, and threw it with a jab because he even kind of like, he was already kind of like, like looking for, like he was, he was, he was in the middle of throwing something or something. And um Dokes was, and, and Roddick faked him out, essentially, and then came up with that, with that weird jab hook at the top and then just unloaded on him. But that was the punch that kind yeah. of. That's this man- up, yeah, yeah that's Dismantled Dokes. It was, it was so clever. I, I, I loved it. I watched it like a hundred times before I got on here.
1: You know, yeah, it was an incredible knockout. Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember, I do remember that Ruddock, R- 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 He was famous for his left hand. Even though he was a right-handed fighter, he was an mm-hmm. orthodox fighter, and he had a—I can't remember what it was—he had a nickname for his left hand. I forgot, like the <laughs> pile driver, or just something <laughs> like that. Something just evoked that image of you know of, I'm whipping your ass with this left hand. Yeah, and in this fight, he caught Dokes, and like I said, and Dokes was a good fighter. He had a. a a long amateur record he was a well-schooled fighter Uh so it was an impressive win um and as I said after this fight razor Ruddock went on to uh, to fight lennox to fight mike tyson first he got knocked out by tyson i want to say he lost to tyson twice wow mike tyson knocks him out lennox lewis knocks him out and then tommy morrison knocks him out jesus christ poor guy you know, so it's just crazy how these how these circles are in boxing, you know? Yeah. One day you're the victim of the knockout, and then the next day you're you're the uh, the deliverer of the knockout. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. That, yeah, it's funny too,
0: because like uh that, that knockout from that that left hook from from hell. It's it's interesting that you say that he was known for his left hook now, because that makes sense. Cause he 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 hit him with the left, then he he sat back down on it. And threw it again threw it with again. Ev- yeah. everything he had, and yeah. and I was like, why don't you just throw him, throw the right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're on
1: balance. You might as well just throw it that way. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, it's like no, no. He wanted to throw the left, and and so I found that interesting. So that makes sense. Uh, that makes more sense to me now.
1: Yeah, and that last left hook is pretty chilling when you see him loading up and the the murderous intent, with which with with which he delivered it, it was. That was vicious. That was vicious. Yes. Um, so what's What's next on your list? I was. And speaking of vicious, this one was also incredibly vicious. The Jerry Cooney Ken Norton knockout. Mm-hmm. That was. I thought that was also very. I remember when I first saw that right after the fight, uh, being very scared for Ken Norton. So, like, I saw that fight,
0: and I found, I found, like. Like it was, it was, it was kind of like a sloppy fight, right? They were just in, they were inside and they were just throwing punches and stuff. And so I couldn't really see what really initiated the knockout. Like I like to look at it and see, okay, mm-hmm. this is where it started, you know? And, and I was, I don't know if it had something to do with the camera angle or or just because they were just, they were just, they were, they were just slopping it out. You know what I'm saying? They were just on top of each other. And it yeah. was just one of those sloppy, dirty fights, you know? And I could, there was no clean, ah, oh, this is it. This is what knock them out. It, right. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And coming into the fight, Cooney was an undefeated fighter. Uh, he Cooney would then, this would actually vault Cooney into fighting for the heavyweight championship against Larry Holmes, which he would lose in a, in a tough fight for him, but he fought bravely, but he lost. Hmm. And Ken Norton had at one time been the heavyweight champion. He had lost his title to Larry Holmes. Uh, but he was also more famous for fighting Muhammad Ali and Joe, and uh, George Foreman. Oh, wow. He, f- he fought Ali three times. Jesus he, Christ. He beat Ali in the first fight. Um, and the, the subsequent two fights were very close. Many people argue that Norton won all three fights. Oh, wow. But officially, Norton only won the first fight. And he lost the second two fights by decision. And he fought Foreman at least once. I don't know. I think he fought Foreman twice. Both times, getting viciously knocked out by George Foreman, and most people will know George Foreman is one of the heaviest punchers ever to walk the earth. That guy was uh,
0: deadly. He was, yes, he was. He was like Mike Tyson before Mike Tyson was.
1: Yes, except bigger and stronger. Yeah, because uh, Foreman is a legitimate six four, you know, two hundred thirty, two hundred forty pounds. Fucking giant. Uh, yeah, a man like that land with natural power landing on you is not good. Uh, and he did it to a lot of people. And unfortunately, Ken Norton was on the receiving of a couple of beatdowns from him. But um, so in this fight, as you can imagine, Norton is kind of the veteran. Um, the best days of his fight career are in, in the rearview mirror. He's probably looking for a payday against a young lion mm. that he thinks he can take out. And uh, the young lion is coming in looking to, to, uh, to cement his shot at the heavyweight title. And I believe it's the very first round that this happens in, yeah. where he catches Norton in a corner. And Cooney was also very, very well known for his left hook. He was known for, even though he was also an orthodox fighter, he he might have been a, a converted southpaw, which oh. is, is now very common as well. Yeah. For, to convert southpaws to orthodox fighters so that their lead hand is now their strong hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that was the case with Cooney, but he was famous for that left hook. And he caught Norton. With something along those ropes, I, I want to say it was left hook, but then the finishing barrage. This is another one. where like, where the hell is the referee? Because Norton took at least four or five shots in that corner, where he's just helpless. It looks like he's sitting on a stool, yeah, taking a beating. Yeah, cause,
0: yeah, uh, but
1: he was sitting on the ropes,
0: taking yeah, taking yeah. shots.
1: Yeah, the ropes was holding up. We're holding him up. And again, what the referee was doing, I have no idea because Kenny Norton took way too many punches and that one was another one where I, as you remember as as, as the wave it off he's just kind of sitting there in a daze with his eyes all glassed over yeah and you're like oh he somebody needed to, to take care of him i don't know why his corner didn't jump in inside the fight mm-hmm. but that was that was pretty vicious That was that's, pretty vicious.
0: that's one of those where it's like okay you see the, the you see the ass kicking like throw in the towel come on guys you you got to protect your fighter come on Mm-hmm. Like, but, the, you know, the, there's also that whole thing that some of these coaches will say is it's like, well, I know my fighter or my fighter doesn't want me to throw in the towel. Right, right, know?
1: right. Like or he wants to go out on the shield or, or whatever. He wants, yeah, or whatever thing. What, whatever trope they want to come up with. Yeah. 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 But I've always thought as a corner man or as the corner person, one of your primary responsibilities is to look out to look out for your fighter when he can't look out he or she can't look out for themselves because we know that generally speaking fighters are brave yeah. they're gonna put themselves in, in harm's way um, even when they shouldn't fighters yeah. are often too brave for their own good Yeah, and that's why you need a corner man or a yeah. corner woman who can say no hon this is it we'll come back and do this another day but not tonight yeah. um, and that's I, I think that's how, that's one of the most valuable rules of that and then there are famous uh, occasions where that does happen in the uh, in the in the, the Thrilla in manila ali and frazier they're both dead tired and i believe it's georgie Benton in fraser's corner finally says i can't let you go out there again son mm-hmm. i just can't do it and of course joe Frazier's begging him to let him go out there this is his nemesis this is muhammad ali he's gotta yeah. take him out yeah and georgie Benton just it's breaking his heart he says nah son i can't let you do it yeah and that's 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 when you see the, the real love that a trainer can have for for his fighter, where he says, "No, you're you're just too brave for your own good on this one." That's and we got to hold you back. That
0: that is that is one of the relationships that that are golden in fighting. Right, you have to have that relationship with your coach. The so, someone someone who's going to look out for you, who's not just there to make a buck, right? He's mm-hmm. there to take care of you and to save you from yourself, right? And, and if it's and and you're you're right. And and this in this case, someone should have came in for Norden. Someone should have came in, and 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 pulled him out. So like they should have thrown in the towel. Thrown
1: the towel. Yeah,
0: throw in the towel. It's it's. Uh, but like I don't know the relationship between the coach and and that fighter. Right. I don't know how. Like maybe 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 they, you know, they didn't care. Maybe they right. or maybe they did, and and this is not what he wanted. The fighter, you know, Norden, but. Mm-hmm. Ooh, man, that that was that was rough because that one that one was like whoa, he's just sitting there and he's like, you know, the referee finally jumps in and he's just sitting there
1: mm-hmm.
0: on the ropes. Like he's not even on the floor, he's sitting on the ropes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's tough to see somebody that vulnerable getting hit when you're like you got to stop this fight and to see them continue to get hit. Yeah. It's it's kind of tough to see. But I know that's why many people argue against um fighters having their own fathers as trainers because there is a disproportionate rate of fighters who are trained by the fight by their fathers who get hurt in the ring and there's speculation that it's because maybe the father has too much invested in the Mm. son or he's living vicariously through the son or daughter Mm. and that therefore if he stops the fight it's as if he himself is quitting
0: yeah Uh, that's
1: obviously speculation but uh some people say that that that's that may be a good reason why you shouldn't have family members in your corner because they're just a little too close. Yeah. And maybe they're not seeing it as objectively as somebody who is not related would see.
0: So like um, one one person that kind of like um who who expressed kind of a a problem with that kind of relationship your your coach essentially being your parent was uh, Ronda Rousey. She brought up the fact that you know mm-hmm. for a long time her mother was her judo coach because she eventually made it to the olympics she got a, a bronze medal mm-hmm. but the whole you know there was a good portion of her young life where her mother was her coach and eventually her mother separated that role from herself uh cuz her mother's not only just a she's a, like a i believe she's like a a judo gold medalist in in the mm-hmm. olympics mm-hmm. but like she so she knows her stuff but she was coaching Ronda Rousey her whole young life, and, she, and but she's also a psychologist, and I think she recognized that she needed to step off and not be not be the the, the coach and the mother. So like she became the the mother full time, and Ronda Rousey made I believe in, a, in one of her books said like, you know, it was it, she finally got her mother back, you know because for a long time, her mother was her coach. Because there were were times where she was like sitting on the sidelines playing with other kids at like judo meets and stuff. And her mother would pull her away from the other kids and she would sit her down and says like, quit fucking around, sit here and think about winning. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know? So imagine Mm -hmm. that all the time, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. And and martial arts, like boxing or or MMA, is not something that you want a young person to be doing to please their parents. You want them yeah. to do it because they want to do it. Yeah. Um, I know I can speak from experience from when I was a kid, being in gyms with kids who were, who obviously weren't there because they wanted to be there, that they were there because their father basically forced them to go. Wow. And, and they didn't like it. Um, and I mean, it's bad enough. If you're doing that until so basketball, when you're playing basketball or you're playing baseball, if you're boxing or doing MMA and doing that, that's, that's pretty fucking dangerous. So.
0: Yeah, because, yeah, you're not fighting for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. You're fighting to please someone else, and then eventually that's not going to be enough to get you through a fight.
1: Right. And, yeah, in, in baseball, the worst that can happen, you get struck out in boxing or MMA, you could potentially die. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is not something you, you want to you wanna play with. Um, let me see now. I, I guess the last one I have on my list is one I think that you also have on your list.
0: Yes, I do. Which
1: is the the, Mar- the Marquez Pacquiao one. And that one was, it's still pretty vivid in, in most of our memories who are following boxing. Um, because it was pretty spectacular. And certainly the lead up to that, uh, I think most people will know, uh, will be pretty familiar with the rivalry between Marquez and Pacquiao. And how they had a series of great, great fights, even close fights. That that Pacquiao act, that he seemed to win all of them some, yeah. one way or the other, even though there was some controversy in, in a lot of those fights. Um, but they were very close fights. And then I think this was the fourth fight, their last fight. Yeah, there there um, was. You're right about
0: the controversy. There was it, there there had been some kind of thing where I think he he lost one, and they felt that the judges kind of gave it to Marquez because Marquez should have won one of the 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 three. Mm. You know, it was something yeah. stupid like that, right? So there was this question, like because I even thought, like, okay, well, they did the trilogy, right? You know, it, but so for some reason, people still doubted the trilogy, and that's what what made the idea of a fourth fight mm-hmm. bankable, mm-hmm. right? And so I I remember thinking, like, okay, well, I guess I'll watch this, right? You know, to see what happens. You know, I'm Hakia's probably gonna win, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I was actually I remember this fight very well because I I watched it with uh, my my wife's uncle, who mm-hmm. loved Pacquiao. You know, mm-hmm. he, he just loved Pacquiao, and the dude was, you know, he 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 has like he had heart problems at the time. He passed away, oh. but he oh, was having, sorry. but yeah, not not because of this, but you know, but like, uh-huh. but he was having, you know, he was getting so excited that his heart was like beating out of his chest and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he, he couldn't watch. He had to go sit in the other room and every round I run over oh. and tell him what just happened, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. So I was just like, I was excited, but also freaked out. And then he was like freaked out and I was trying to keep him calm. And then everybody in the room was like excited. Right. So there's all this hype just at least for, for me and, and the people watching. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, but when he gets knocked out, that was fucking scary as hell, dude. Yeah. Cause he he didn't fall like some of these other fights that you know that we've seen talked yes. about or whatever. He fell like a sack of potatoes, like yeah. a pillar just on his face. Yeah, like a tree. He felt like, like a, tree. a tree. Boom. Boom. And it was done. And the first thing that a person said to him in the room was, is he dead? You know? And I was like, fuck, I hope not. Because then the other guy in the other room is going to pass away too, you
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to deliver the news?
0: Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't to tell that guy that this happened, you know? But um, but yeah, like, how did you remember it? Like, what you... Um... Well,
1: the the, the memory, the memories that, that come back to me are that earlier in the fight, it seemed like, I think it was the first time that Marquez had knocked him down earlier in the fight, in, in their trilogy. Oh, uh, Of okay. course, Pacquiao... Pacquiao had been knocked down before by other fighters, but this earlier in this fight is the first time Marquez actually knocked him down. He had lit him up a couple of times with combinations in other fights and early in the fight, but this is the first time he actually knocked him down. Yes, and then I believe Pacquiao came back and knocked him down. Yes, which was pretty common between these two guys. As soon as one guy gets the advantage, it seemed like the other guy would would come back. Um, and I remember feeling that oh, this might be slipping away from Arquez at the time, and, it, and that's kind of just the sense I think a lot of people had. Like, yes, I think this is beginning to slip away from Arquez. I don't think he can keep this up. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like just as that thought was was uh, was entering my mind, or as I was uttering those words, boom! Yeah, uh, he lands that right hand from nowhere, just from no—I don't want to say nowhere—but just the timing of it as Pacquiao seems to be charging in. Yeah. And I guess he just doesn't see it. It's pretty short and straight, and it was just perfect—the the punch and the puncher run into the punch and the the uh, the fighter run into it, run into mm-hmm. each other, and yeah. down he goes. And there so, was legitimate concern.
0: So when 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 you sent me the video, or actually it was the video that I sent you. I looked I looked at it again because I remember uh, the way I remember it was Pacquiao throws that jab right that that right lead jab, mm-hmm. steps it to him. And Marquez, like, turns out, like, he steps out of the way of it and catches him with a, with, with a right or whatever, right? But that's not exactly what happened. He didn't step out of the way. What happened was, and, and, I, and I watched the slow-mo, and I, and I watched it a couple t- I actually studied it before we got on because I remember it different. That's, that's not what happened. What actually happened was Pacquiao fakes a jab, right? And then he goes in to step in for the actual jab but as he steps into the jab as you know uh, the 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 left the, the the right lead foot and the left lead foot of these two fighters cuz you have an orthodox fighter and you have a, right. a, a a southpaw fighting each other you have to be careful where you place that foot if you want to if you want to be the one punching you got to be on the inside of that foot mm-hmm. right well when pacquiao goes in to step on that on that uh, on that jab he steps and he kind of he kind of trips over marquez's foot yeah okay so then now his shin is basically meeting uh marquez's shin and his foot is kind of like folded underneath underneath that Mm -hmm, and and so he doesn't have he doesn't have the 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 positioning for the jab right he's actually going to fall anyway looks like right yeah Uh, yeah but then so he's off balance yes and now he throws this jab right but Marquez is stable. He's got the actual position of this, of this jab. He's, so his foot is on the ground, solid. And Marquez throws the right because uh, Pacquiao's lead, lead hand, the right jab, doesn't actually hit the target. He mm-hmm, misses. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fumbling of the foot positioning misses, makes him miss the jab completely he catches him like on the shoulder or something stupid yeah. and then marquez hits him with that right hand and it's it's just it's the motion of 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 pacquiao coming into the punch him not having the balance he's his whole body is into this punch and marquez catches him clean and yeah. it was and it's fucking brutal and i remember thinking just like you're saying like yeah marquez is losing this fight he's he's about to lose this fight he's he's like Pacquiao is is getting the the better in the exchanges. Mm-hmm. Pacquiao is, is and he's kind of feeling himself, right? He's getting this yeah. point. so he's he's getting cocky, and you see it because right before he gets knocked out, oh, I just hit the mic. Right before he gets knocked out, he fixed his jab, he gets fancy, and then he fumbles the foot in and gets knocked out. Yeah. And it, it was it it is it's it's it, it was it was kind of like. It's weird because it was kind of like Marquez got a little lucky, right? Yes. I, I, yeah. I don't know if he purposely put his foot there to kind of get get mm-hmm. the, better, the better positioning for the punch. But either way, he he was able to take advantage of the situation. It, it, it was just an amazing. It, it, looking back on it, technically, it's yeah. it's it's it's, uh, it's an interesting uh, kind of turnout for what happened.
1: Absolutely, and, and as you know, Marquez is one. just one of the prettier fighters to watch. His 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 ability to counter punch with power, with speed, and with accuracy, and also being able to be the aggressor when he needed to be. Yes, uh, he's he's just one of an exceptional fighter who was rarely off balance. Mm-hmm. The only times you would ever see him off balance was against Pacquiao because Pacquiao was just that level of a fighter. Yeah, um, where he could do that to a fighter that good, and and as you said. A testament to Pacquiao, how, how great he was. It seemed like he was often off balance when he would throw that le- that straight left. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was such a great fighter with such great talent and great ability. He was able to overcome that yeah. and still be one of the greatest fighters of all time. So definitely testament to Pacquiao. But that was it. Was also stunning. That's a whole other series you could do our stunning knockouts, stuff that you didn't see coming because this one we did not see coming. It, it yeah. looked like... He was headed for for a loss, and then out of the blue, like a lightning bolt, bam! Fight's over. Yeah, um, and that was yeah. That, and as you said, needless to say, we, everybody's very concerned for for Manny when he was on the ground for those couple of minutes. Um, yeah, it was
0: it, it was it was really sad, man. Like I didn't want to see Pacquiao. He was like I was cheering for the guy, and I and I'm a Mexican, you know. Like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, like you know, I should I should have been cheering for Marquez, but like you know, but I was cheering for Manny and. And uh, to see him get knocked out, because, yeah, and you're right, on all points, like, Marquez was known as a powerful counterpuncher. He wasn't really known as a guy who, with the traditional Mexican style coming forward right. kind of, you know, pressure, right? He was, he was more well-known for the, the counterpunching. Um, but, like, it's, it's to, to, and technically, like, if you go back and watch this whole fight, technically, it's a very good fight. Because Manny cuts mm-hmm. angles like nobody's business, yeah. man. He can cut angles like 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 so beautifully, and and it's 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 hard to fight a southpaw to begin with, you know, because of the yeah. footing, because of that lead hand being in the same place, and then but but to have someone who can who can do all the things that Pacquiao does, jump in, pop pop pop, cut angles, pop pop pop, and I think it had something. People used to say that it had something to do with his calves.
1: Because he had such large calves. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, your power comes from your legs, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that before, too, yeah. He just was incredibly strong in the lower half of his body, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. But also, like, uh, one of the things that people always kind of accuse Pacquiao of is, is that he's got too much crap going on. He's like
1: in his life, yeah. In his
0: life. He's got he's he's in movies, he's releasing record albums. Yeah. He's rece- he, you know, he's he's in Congress, right? He's in Congress he's like, in the Philippines. He's, he's a congressman, he's probably running for president, you know, who sure. knows? Yeah. You know, like like the guy, the guy is got a lot of crap. He's got he's got women on the side, he's got his main <laughs> wife, yeah, he believes in God, he's he's got all this nonsense. Yeah. Hey. It's funny because I went to go look at his record, right? And I couldn't find his record right off the bat because there's two pages in Wikipedia for this guy. There's his like whole life and then his professional boxing career on another page. And it's in Wikipedia, oh. but, and then like, and, and the Wikipedia and both of them, both pages are like fucking long. you know? Yeah. I'm like, how much shit does this guy do? Like, you know, like, like I complain when I have too much to do in one day. And this guy, <laughs> this guy's got more in one it's day just- than I have been in my whole life. he's cranking it out yeah holy cow yeah so like he's got a movie coming up on top of that he's gonna release a movie in 2020 supposedly is it like his life story no like i think he's playing a general or something oh my god yeah i saw it on his wikipedia i didn't dive into it because i didn't want to like go down the rabbit hole but i was like this guy like jesus christ and like i wonder what kind of actor he is i haven't seen any of his movies but, well, you know.
1: well, that that wouldn't be without precedent. There's many fighters who who, uh, who who who, when their career ends, go on to other things in show business, whether it's acting or or song. Sugar Ray Robinson, who was arguably the greatest fighter of all time, tried to become a dancer. He tried to become like a Broadway dancer. No way! Um, yeah, yeah. Look Ray Robinson. Yeah. Now this is Sugar Ray Robinson from the 50s and 60s, yeah, yeah, not yeah, Sugar yeah. Ray Leonard. Yeah. No, no, Sugar Ray um, Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. So. But that's a whole other story. The story of Sugar Ray Robinson is an incredible story. Uh, one, he's considered m- almost by every, pretty universally, the greatest fighter of all time, pound for pound. Um, and to add to the mystique, he was at his greatest at welterweight and we have no film of him at welterweight. Oh. Uh, but in spite of that, he's still considered the greatest welterweight that ever lived, pretty, yeah. pretty handily. But there's film of him of, at middleweight when he was still pretty great. And that's where you see him uh, beating Jake LaMotta in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. <laughs> beating, I mean, just going through these middleweights, Rocky Graziano, mm. um, just going through everybody in, in, the, in the middleweight division at that time, which is one of the glamour divisions in boxing, um, and he was just dominating. And just the story of his life is pretty interesting.
0: Huh. You see, now, now I gotta go look for his biography. Cause I, like, that's one of the things I kind of enjoy doing. Is it like, like diving into some of these biographies. And so when I sent you my list and, and just like one of the things, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it offline, but like I, it it triggered me to go look at some documentaries and there's a couple of documentaries I think we should do. Like, like I said, like uh, when we were Kings and probably a couple others, Mm -hmm. but, but man, like these, these, these characters, man, these people, they, they, I mean, they, they lived some crazy, some crazy lives, right? And some interesting lives, right? Um, yeah.
1: And, and I think what a lot of us don't realize now that um, decades ago, boxing was the number one, or if not the number one, one of the top sports in the country. So it's not like it, it is today where it's kind of a second or third or fourth tier sport. Boxing was one of the top tier sports. Yeah. And that was the way that many young men got out of poverty yes Um, nowadays you know more and more doing it through basketball and football but back then if you were a poor kid um boxing was one of the ways you tried to do it yeah and so you had guys like sugar ray robinson who have 250 fights in their career you know um henry armstrong held three titles at the same time the lightweight welterweight and middleweight title all at the same time jesus christ something that will never happen again yeah yeah well, there's uh, enough titles There's enough titles in just one weight class these yeah. Days, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and there's more weight classes now because back then, they were each weight class was 10 pounds. Now, they're 5 pounds. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, when you went up in a weight class, you were going up 10 pounds back then.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, and you had some of these guys who would fight 30, 40 times a year. So, it's like they would fight like every 10 days. <laughs> so, yeah. So you get some crazy stories of of, of what what these guys went through, but I, that's probably something for another day, but yeah. The uh, the reservoir of boxing it seems limitless of stuff you can talk to because as we've talked there's so boxers are such naturally compelling figures. Mm-hmm. Um the sport itself is so compelling, I mean, and almost everybody can can relate to fighting because almost everybody at some point has felt that life is is a fight.
0: Yeah yeah
1: everybody has, knows that sense of you know getting knocked down and getting back up i mean it's part of our language you know yeah. boxing metaphors are part of our language and you get knocked down you get back up he was on the ropes he mm-hmm. answered the bell there all of this stuff in our language that comes from boxing is is for a very good reason reason because it is i think it is so close to a part of our nature yeah that, that that's undeniable and that we just can't can't civilize it out of us as much as we may try
0: yeah well well like for example like like to to your point, the the phrase I use all the time is "beat him to the punch." I use it in a regular conversation. Oh, mm-hmm, you beat me yeah. to the punch, you know. Yeah. And and I don't even know if people understand that word or what that that phrase actually means, you know. Right. Yeah. That you're yeah. so fast, or that you could, you know, you can predict what he's going to do. That you you hit him first.
1: Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. All kinds. Even of if like, you throw your punch after your opponent does, he throws his punch first. But you still beat him to it. You still beat him to it. Because of your advantage. Because you're so fast or right. whatever, you know? Or you're able to uh, predict. You can you can um what's it? he's somehow telegraphing it. So you yeah. can kind of you can read it. You can that's what it is. You can read what he's gonna do and you can react before, yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's so, boxing is it's one of the things, the great things about boxing. It's so rich.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is. I remember I remember like at one point uh I was I was talking to my coach about a fight name, right? And it's just like, well, how do I get a fight name? Like, and he's just like, well, you're not supposed to name yourself. And I'm like, I, well, I know that, but like, so, so who does it? Like, do you do it? And it's just like, well, you know, like around here, there's a guy, you know, like when uh, next time you go to fight, there's an announcer. He, he just, sometimes he just does it when he calls you out. Mm-hmm. So maybe go up to him and kind of ask him and see if he can give you a name. And I was like, okay. So like, I remember sitting around, I never got a name, but I remember sitting around and uh, I was sitting around and, and, and my coach is like, you see, that's the guy. Yeah, and he was like he was you know dressed up like what you would imagine a ring re- a ring announcer would be dressed up mm-hmm. in a suit and a tie. He looked classy and he was walking upright and just kind of walking and you know, in this little hall that I was in. And uh, and he's like, That's that's the guy. If you wanna if you want like a nickname, you go to him. And I and I never did because I was just like, <laughs> Oh, well, what kind of name is it? Do I have time? Like, right. you know, so like I my headspace cause it was a fight day. Wasn't right. yeah, but wasn't in it right then. But I, I was like, damn, I'm, I'm never, I never got a fight name.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a whole other one we could do. Is best boxing nicknames. I mean, because you oh. can have some great nicknames of, of guys. Uh, oh you know, yeah, just, uh,
0: well, just just Iron Mike, right? The fucking right. Su- To be called Sugar is kind of like like you're like your it's a legacy,
1: right? You're pretty special if <laughs> yeah. you're called Sugar. That 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 name implies that you are somehow special and yes. unique. Because yeah, there's just, only been a handful of Sugars. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, you You just don't get Sugar. Right. You don't call yourself Sugar. Somebody yeah. of a some some kind of authority has to grant you that nickname. Yeah. Because it's only like Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Robinson, Sugar Shane Mosley. I was going to say Mosley, yeah. And there have been a couple of other guys who have tried to glam onto the name, but it never stuck. But those are really the only three. And um, to join that club, you got to be pretty exclusive. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Leonard I, is is the sugar that I I always associate with the name of course you know yes I, you got to think about of Robinson of course like you mentioned
1: before but but when I think of sugar I think of Le- uh, I think of Sugar sure. Leonard for our generation yeah, he was the, the big guy and did you see him with uh, with Mike Tyson the hot boxer with Mike Tyson no he's on there yes there's a real it's it's really good cuz Mike gets really emotional talking about how Leonard was his role model how much he admired <sighs> Sugar Ray Leonard, yeah, and saying how one time when he was in the detention hall, like as a 13 year old kid, he in the detention hall, they showed one of his fights on the TV screen in there, yeah, and how much he just idolized Sugar Ray Leonard because he was everything he wanted to be you know, smooth, slick, good looking, articulate,
0: yeah, um,
1: you know, tough in the ring. And he gets really emotional saying how much he idolized and loved Sugar Ray Leonard. Oh, it was in the context of Sugar Ray Leonard losing, um. Towards the end of his career, he fought Hector Macho Camacho and got badly beaten by oh. a vastly inferior Hector Camacho. And that's what Tyson was saying, because he was so sad, because he knew that wasn't the real Sugar Ray. That wasn't the Sugar Ray of his childhood. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of spurred his this emotional recollection of, you know, God, I loved you, man. You were my idol. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very touching to see Mike get so emotional and uh, to show the respect and reverence he has for a guy like Sugar Ray Leonard.
0: Yeah, and it must have been hard to see him lose the guy, to a guy like Camacho, man, because Camacho was such a, a heel, right? He, he yeah, was, yes, yes. Was, he, but he had such a, such a slick style. He, yes, he did. That kid, that guy, I shouldn't call him kid, he's older than me, but that, that guy, he, he was so slick, man. You couldn't hit he, that guy. He was. Guy. You couldn't he had yeah, a very, very talented guy. When 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 I when I started boxing and kickboxing and all that stuff, I wanted to be Camacho. I wanted to move out of
1: punches, out of the way to punches, like he did, because you yeah. couldn't hit that guy. In, in his prime, he was a damn good fighter. He was yeah. a damn dad. Also, another sad story about Hector Camacho that you know he died unfortunately very young. Yeah, he was into drugs. He got killed outside of a casino in in uh, in Puerto Rico under very suspicious circumstances. But apparently, later on in life, he got into drugs and gambling and stuff like that. So that's unfortunately yeah yeah. i you know
0: i i didn't know that about him but i knew what kind of character he was so that makes sense to me yeah
1: and it's always tough to see the idols when they when they go down to 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 certainly what's a lesser fighter but just to see them go down you know there's nothing sadder than ali losing the homes yeah um that was sad that was sad to see and i think there's a whole documentary on that too Mm -hmm. on how people are just sad and going this is pointless but yeah that's always that's that's another trope or another uh um you know classic storyline the washed up fighter yeah sticks around one fight too many
0: yeah there there is a there is a lot of that and or the guy who just won't leave it alone he just keeps Mm -hmm. coming back because he he likes the glory and dude i mean i mean you you you've you've done the amateurs you've been in the ring when people cheer your name you're the you're in the center of all that and people are yelling for
1: you it's 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 like a drug it's it's, addicting it can become addicting
0: it's very addicting and like i was at one fight where uh i was i was cornering a guy right first of all i shouldn't have been cornering all that all that aside um but you know this guy asked me i i was stupid i said yeah and so i was i was cornering this kid right and so we go to this fight and somehow his his the announcement of his fight went viral right and uh we're sitting at the doors, we're waiting to get into the fight, right? It's an MMA fight. I'm there cause I was a striking guy and um, he, had a, he had his jujitsu coach there with him who eventually yeah. became my jujitsu coach. And so they opened the doors and there's like 300 people in there yelling this guy's name. Like his, his fucking fight went viral, 300 people showed up to this fucking fight and they were all yelling for this guy
1: like and sixty-two thousand or something, and then I'm sorry. I said it seemed like sixty-two thousand people in the audience.
0: Oh, dude, yeah, because it was a small little hall. Everybody right. went, like shoulder to shoulder. We could barely make it to the fucking <laughs> cage ourselves, and people went bananas, bro. It was so loud mm-hmm. in there, and they were just all yelling for this na- guy's name. And I was there, like, whoa! I, like I wasn't even the guy. And I, and felt- you were feeling it. I yeah, was feeling yeah. it, but I also was afraid for the kid because I knew he was gonna fucking lose. Oh <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah, so I told him I was just like, okay, man, they're here for you. You know? Showtime. <laughs> Showtime. Yeah, and the poor kid lost, but still, uh, but still, man, that that fucking and when he lost, bro, the fucking <clears throat> it, like I thought there was gonna be a fucking riot, man. <clears throat> Uh, people were throwing shit. Everybody oh was fucking God. yelling and booing. There was all kinds of shit because it was shady. They went to go touch gloves. And the guy, instead of touching gloves, first of all, you shouldn't be touching gloves, right? It's a fight. Right? But the bell rings, the guy comes out, he goes to touch gloves, and the guy, instead of touching gloves, he fakes them and actually hits it, him.
1: Hits him, yeah.
0: And starts to fight. And then he goes to the ground because he's he's already it's his first fight. He's already kind of like out of uh. it. And then he loses. He gets he gets choked out. Um, so the, the crowd rightfully so goes fucking ape shit and they're throwing stuff into the ring and people are yelling and the, the announcer can't, you can't hear the announcer, the fucking, the the jujitsu guy jumped into the fucking cage. I still had the guy's shoes in my hand, right? Mm. I didn't even see what happened. I'm like, what fucking happened? What happened? And this guy runs like the fucking the jujitsu guy runs in and grabs his legs and shakes them out. So that he gets uh, blood back in his head, yeah, you know. And so I was like, "Holy shit! Like, what the fuck did I get myself into? I shouldn't have been here." <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah, but like, man, but even even in loss, even in in, in losing, the crowd was still with the kid, and yeah. it was it was it was great. Like, even in, even even though he lost, I I still. I, I still thought it was great. Like all of it, yeah. I mean, it's not great to lose. It would have been better to win, but. Sure.
1: Woo, man. But you could see why it would be tough to give up, especially if, you, if you're a kid who comes from relatively modest background and this is all you've ever been. Mm-hmm. This is your whole identity. And then to be confronted with the fact that it might be over and what do you do now? Yeah. It, 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 seems, it seems like it would be very, very scary. That's why it's probably tough for them to give it up until it's too late for them.
0: Yeah. That's, that's, that's why I always kind of appreciate it. For example, uh, Hoya, for being smart enough to, to kind of pivot and go into something else to get out, uh, you can, yeah. and to get out young and, and and mm-hmm. still in one piece with his brain cells all still in his mm-hmm. head, you know? Um, it also made me sad that he might be getting a fight when you told me that's to, like, yeah, last time. Yeah. but, um, but anyway, um, Dude, I loved your
1: list. That was good stuff, man. Thank you, man. I'm looking forward to talking about your list.
0: Yeah, let's. Uh, we'll we'll do it next week. And um, so let me let me wrap this up because uh, the family is waiting for me. Sorry to cut it Absolutely. short, man. But because I no, think we good. we could we could probably go on forever. Um, oh sure, yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, thanks so much, Martin. Uh, this is Ego otra vez on the Flow Row Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Music. why can't we all make it by dj dense can be found over at epidemic sound man that was a great list i especially like um as you probably heard in the podcast i especially like the marquez pacquiao um because that's on my list as well and we'll be doing my list uh sometime next week so anyway i hope you guys enjoyed the podcast if you want to support the podcast head on over to shop.thefloropodcast.com and we'll catch you next time. Thanks.